0: Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out, sometimes believers try to share the gospel with language the other person doesn't speak.
1: Well, say, hey, you heathen, let me say something to you. You're a sinner going to hell. You need to repent. You need to be washed in the blood. Then you need to become a part of the body and be justified and sanctified. Am I making myself clear? They don't know what you're saying. You're speaking a different language. We need to reach the culture that we're in. This is the day when the lost are found.
0: believers, sometimes it seems we're living in some kind of weird upside down culture where right is wrong, up is down and sin is to be celebrated. We feel disconnected like aliens on a strange planet. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that sometimes people may feel a bit disconnected when they talk to us. He'll show us ways to find common ground, use common language and capture their interest with our message of hope.
1: years ago, uh, we would go to a little restaurant for breakfast, my wife, Kathy, myself, and Jonathan. He was a very small little toddler, probably around two years old, still in a high chair. And uh, so we'd order our breakfast, and there was this one waitress that really thought Jonathan was just adorable. And she would come up, oh, Jonathan, how are you today? Hello, Jonathan, and she'd pat him on the head and hug him, and he looked slightly irritated. But he didn't say anything, he just had this look, and he was muttering something under his breath. (laughs) What is he saying? Finally she left, I said, Jonathan, what are you saying when that waitress is hugging you and telling you how wonderful she thinks you are? He says, I'm saying go bye bye. (laughs) Go bye bye. (laughs) I think sometimes when we start talking, people are thinking go bye bye. We don't want to be that person. So let's take a master class from a master communicator, the Apostle Paul. Let's take a page out of his playbook on how to reach our culture with the gospel. By the way, these are principles that I've been personally using for 50 years plus of preaching, though given in the first century. They're completely relevant to us today in the 21st century because the answers to the problems of humanity are still the same. And so Acts chapter 17, starting in verse 16, we read, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. When Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. He went to the synagogue to debate with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, and spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there and he had a debate with some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. Then he told them about Jesus and his resurrection, and they said, this babbler has picked up some strange ideas. Others said, he's pushing some foreign religion. Then they took him to the Council of Philosophers, also known as the Areopagus, and said, come and tell us more about this new religion. You're seeing some rather startling things, and we want to know what it's all about. It should be explained that the Athenians as well as the foreigners in Athens seem to spend all of their time discussing the latest ideas. I'd underline that's interesting, underline that. So Paul standing before the council addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice you're very religious. And I was walking among your many altars and one of them had this inscription on it to an unknown God. You've been worshiping him without knowing who he is, and now I wish to tell you about him. (laughs) So how can we be better communicators in the time in which we live? How can we not be the person that comes down the street and have people say, go bye bye? (laughs) Okay, so if you're taking notes, here, six principles on how to bring the gospel to our culture. Point number one, effective communication begins with a burden. Look at verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed that the city was full of idols. He he was just grieved to see the absence of the living God and in his place every conceivable substitute. And I wonder if you ever feel that way. I know I do. You know, when when I look at a news site, it's so frustrating to me to see the evil in the world. But we need to reach the culture that we're in. Paul went into their world. The Areopagus, Mars Hill, was sort of the town square. He just went right there in the epicenter of everything. said, hey, I was walking around your city. I was checking things out. And I saw that you have all these gods you worship. But there was one altar Erected to the unknown God. I think the idea was, hey, in case we miss one God, let's just erect this to the God we missed, right? I want to talk to you about the God you don't know about. Bringing me to my second point, Paul was culturally relevant. He was culturally relevant. It's called reading the room. Paul quotes one of their secular poets. Hey, you have a poet that says, in him we live and move and have our being. Uh, And as one of your own poets says, we are his offspring. See here's our problem, is we try to talk to an unbeliever in a cryptic christianese language that only we understand. Well say hey you heathen, let me say something to you. <laughs> Uncircumcised Philistine, let me tell you something. Um, you're a sinner going to hell. You need to repent, you need to be washed in the blood, then you need to become a part of the body and be justified and sanctified. Am I making myself clear? They don't know what you're saying. You're speaking a different language. You just told them to be washed in blood and be a part of a body. They don't know what that means. That sounded kinda creepy. Well Greg, are you suggesting we don't use biblical terminology? No, I'm suggesting that you not assume that your listener understands the language you're speaking in. So break it down. Speak in a way they'll understand. That's what Paul is doing. Paul is a brilliant intellect, the greatest of theologians. He knew Roman philosophy, Greek philosophy. He knew it all, but he breaks it down in such a simple way. He says, I want to talk to you about the unknown God. So Paul now continues on with this message to these people, telling them how to come into this relationship with God, bringing me to point number four. We must preach a biblical message. Okay, yeah, build a bridge to your audience, connect to them, but ultimately... The power is not in a quote from a secular philosopher. The power is in the word of God. That's where the power is. So we gotta get to this. If we don't get to this, we've missed the point. God himself says of scripture, Isaiah fifty-five eleven: "So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return unto me void. It will accomplish what I please and prosper in the thing for which I send it. This book that is given to us from God is sufficient to meet our spiritual needs. 2 Timothy 3.15 says, all scripture is inspired by God and it's profitable to teach us what is true, make us realize what's wrong in our lives, it straightens us out, it teaches us to do what's right, it's God's way of preparing us in every way, equipped for every good thing that God wants us to do. And guess what? People want to hear Biblical preaching today. They actually want to hear it. Christianity Today ran an article with the headline, the hottest thing at church is not your pastor or worship leader. The article goes on to say what people are looking for when they come to church is preaching centered on the Bible. Listen, my job is not to make the Bible relevant. The Bible is relevant. I just need to let the lion out of the cage and let the Word of God do what it does best, change lives. So Paul's message was biblical.
0: You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Today, Pastor Greg is offering some important guidelines on sharing the message of the gospel effectively. He continues now.
1: When you're talking to someone one-on-one, and understand the word preach. I know we're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel doesn't mean you have to yell. I've seen people yelling when they're talking to someone. And Jesus said, Stop that. Just <laughs> calm down, lower your volume, and say it conversationally. The word of God is still powerful, even without an elevated volume. Just because there's power in this word. And you you build the bridge, you connect to the person. Listen, if you want to win some, be winsome. You know, be a nice person. Be a friendly person. Be a loving person. And then tell them what the Word of God says. And that's what Paul did. Point number five. Our message must focus on Christ crucified and risen. Look at how Paul closes the deal, verse 31. He's appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man he has ordained. He's given assurance of this to all of us by raising him from the dead. That's the message. Okay, guys, I built the bridge. I'm giving you the word of God. Here's the bottom line. Jesus is the answer. That was true in the first century. That's true in the 21st century. That's my message. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus Christ crucified. Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Jesus Christ ascended and coming back again. You need Jesus. That's what we're telling people. And that's what Paul did so powerfully. One last point. After preaching, Paul trusted God for the results. After preaching, he trusted God for the results. Look at verse uh, 32 of chapter 17. When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. While others said, we'll hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from them. However, some men joined him and believed. Among him, Dionysius, the Areopagite, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Now this is really interesting to me. This is the apostle Paul. And what happens, he preaches to these people and a handful respond, wait, you're Paul. I mean, don't you always have a lot of people believing? No. Peter had 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, but look, the response of people is up to God. It's not up to me. So what I do is I share the gospel. I'll ask a person, perhaps, if I'm feeling prompted by the Lord, would you like to accept Jesus Christ into your life right now? And if they say no, I don't grab them by the throat. (laughs) I don't pressure them. You gotta just pray this prayer with me. I leave it in the hands of God. And sometimes people believe and sometimes they don't. Sometimes God wants me to sow a seed and that's it. Sometimes God wants me to water a seed that someone else sowed. And other times God gives me the privilege of reaping where others have watered and sown. As Paul said, one sows another waters. God gives the increase. It's up to God, not up to me, not up to you. But look at how they reacted. Some mocked. It was a joke to them some delay. They said, we'll talk to you about this another time. You'll meet people like this. Well, I, I'm interested, but not now. I don't, I don't want to do it now. I don't want to go to church with you now. I don't want to pray with you now. Okay. They can have that response. But sometimes you need to kind of press on a little bit more, and you need the Lord to lead you. This was basically my mother's response every time I brought the gospel up to her. She would say, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. One day I woke up, I felt so led of the Lord to go talk to my mother about her soul. And so I got in my car and drove over. She was kind of surprised. Well, what are you doing here? Mom, I want to talk to you about your soul, your relationship with God. She said, I don't want to talk about it. I said, today we're going to talk about it. And I'm glad I was persistent because that was the day she recommitted her life to the Lord. And a month later, she was in heaven. So, sometimes people say, I don't want to talk about it, but they do want to talk about it. So you need to be sensitive to the leading of the Lord. And sometimes they say, I don't want to talk about it, and they don't want to talk about it. And by continuing to push it, you could actually hurt what you're trying to do. Okay, so... Some delayed, some mocked, and finally some believed. One of them was named Dionysius, the Areopagite. He was one of the judges of Athens, an intellectual, a ruler of his day. He became a believer. Another woman named Damaris. She was disillusioned with the emptiness of the worship of false gods, and she too believed. So it wasn't what we would call a great response. But hey, it's what it was and it we read of the words of Jesus when he says pray that the lord would send out laborers into his harvest it's not Greg's harvest it's not your harvest it's his harvest so we say lord you just reach those people the bible says as many as were ordained to eternal life believed So we just say, Lord, it's in your hands, I'm gonna proclaim your gospel, I'm gonna do it lovingly, I'm gonna do it carefully, I'm gonna do it in a way that's understood by the person I'm speaking to, and I'll leave the results in your hands. Let me close with this acronym. SHARE, S-H-A-R-E. Every one of those letters stands for something and it sort of sums up what we've just read. S stands for sensitive. Be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Paul's message began with the burden that God gave him to reach the people of Athens. So be sensitive. H, honor and respect others. Uh, Don't come off as holier than thou. As I said earlier, the objective is to build a bridge, not burn the bridge. So honor and respect others. A, arouse the interest of your listener. Uh, Say something that they might have an interest in, talk to them, or reveal sin. You know, you come to a point where you've said all these things, you've built all your bridges, you've told them God loves them, but you got to tell them they're a sinner. And you have to define what a sinner is. And I always include myself when I call someone a sinner. I'll say, you're a sinner, I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. Because sin means to miss the mark. You fall short of God's standard. So you have to tell them that as well. Reveal sin and e. Explain the way of salvation. Tell him how to do it. Tell them how to believe in Jesus. Tell them how to come into a relationship with him. Share. S, be sensitive. H, honor and respect others. A, arouse the interest of your listener. R, reveal sin. E, explain the way of salvation. Well, listen, God can use you. Oh, God will use you. But will you say, Lord, here I am, use me. Let me come back to a point I raised earlier. How do you become a Christian? You admit to God you're a sinner and you ask Jesus Christ to come and live in your heart and life as your Savior and Lord. And he can do that right now because he stands at the door of your life and he knocks. And he says if you hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, you can do it right here, right now. Let's pray. Father, speak to every heart And if there's anyone here, if they don't know Jesus yet, let this be the moment they believe. If you want Jesus Christ to come into your life and forgive you of your sin, I want you to just pray this simple prayer after me. Just pray these words. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. I turn from my sin now And I choose to follow you from this moment forward as my Saviour and Lord, as my God and my friend. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Today will mark the moment when many first became believers in Jesus Christ. Pastor Greg Laurie praying a prayer with those who are asking Jesus to be their saviour today. And if you've just prayed that prayer and you've meant those words sincerely, we want to help you begin to live this new life of faith. Pastor Greg wants to send you his New Believers Growth Packet. It's free of charge and it'll help answer some of those questions you might have and get you started off right as you walk with the Lord. So ask for it when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME- that's one eight hundred seven seven two nine three six, 772 936 And the team would love to pray with you too. Call one 772 936 today. Next time, we'll see how important it is to run this race of life with our eye on the prize. message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called How to Reach Our Culture with the Gospel. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au